0: Welcome to the Mind Takeaway podcast with your hosts, Mira and Peter. We celebrate what it is to be human in an age of technology, digitization, and information overload. In each episode, together with our guests, we go on a deep exploration of resilience, creativity, leadership, authenticity, passion, and intuition, while encouraging others to do the same. What underpins all of our conversations is human connectedness, collaboration and community
1: in this episode we speak to joshua haynes a founder and managing partner at masawa the mental wellness impact fund after a long journey learning to approach his own issues of depression anxiety and addiction joshua founded masawa to help address mental illness a silent epidemic that is the leading cause of disability worldwide and costs in the eu alone 600 billion a year Joshua believes that after society is more mentally well by focusing on the internal first, it can overcome the seemingly intractable problems like climate change, poverty and injustice. Over the past 20 years Joshua has focused on the intersection of innovation, technology and social impact. He has worked for both the US and Swedish governments managing a portfolio of 190 million in innovation grant funding in emerging and frontier market countries, in poverty alleviation, civil society, human rights, and technology. Joshua holds degrees from Boston University and the Fletcher School, Tufts University. He has worked in 35 countries, speaks seven languages well, although he pretends in many more, and lives in Berlin with his husband and two children. Enjoy listening.
0: Hello. Welcome to the Mind Takeaway podcast. And today we are talking to Joshua Haynes. Joshua is a mental wellness impact investor, and he is a founder of Masawa, world's first mental wellness impact fund. And when we heard about Joshua's work and, and what he's really passionate about, we just couldn't uh, not yeah. ask him to join us. For this yeah, we had to have
1: this conversation. So welcome, Joshua.
2: Oh thank you so much. It's great to be here. I appreciate the offer.
0: Joshua, I mean just just looking at it, you know, mental wellness impact investor. Uh, what does it what does it mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so what is this mental wellness impact investing funds like finance and doing good, social focusing on founders' mental well-being? That's all kind of crazy, isn't it? Well, we're in crazy times, aren't we? So yeah. at Masawa what we do is we partner with entrepreneurs who are really working to ignite mental wellness either directly or corollarily and invest in them alongside others and really focus not only on their ability as a company to return the investments that we provide to them, but also their ability to be aware and cognizant of their own mental well-being, help them get over their egos a little bit like is important for all of us Mm. and also help them maximize the social impact that they can have. So, unlike a traditional venture capital fund, we are equally important and focused on maximizing the social impact and measuring that impact, mm. and working with the founders and their teams to really maximize that. Because our thesis is, if you focus on the founders' mental well-being and their ability to create resilient organizations, that's going to eventually lead to more social impact and actually increased revenues and profits.
0: Mm-hmm. We were uh, recently quite engaged into uh, talking about um, humans first and and being part of the the movement human first, and it was uh, it was quite interesting to see that you know what hasn't been talked so much mm-hmm. before is that. Yes, we know that when people are not physically, mentally well, they're also not physically well. Mm. They, you know, we we, we talk about not really um, going to work or having high sickness rate and all of that. But nobody was really talking about how that actually impacts work. Just even if they are over there, how clarity of mind, uh, the way you feel, affects. The way you, uh, the people you work with, your Absolutely. friends, family, how yeah. creative you are, how you, yeah. all of that.
2: Absolutely, and and we see that in traditionally, um, in the startup world, it's all about getting blood out of a turnip, pressuring these individuals to grow, maximize mm. profitability, maximize cash flow, high inflate or make sure the valuations are high and exit. Mm. Um, but that is completely inhumane. Um, mm. because the goal shouldn't be about amassing inordinate amounts of, of, of money. Um, it should be about using the wealth we have as a vehicle to ensuring that more people can become themselves. Well, whatever that looks like. And mm. If you look at the stats on mental illness, depression alone before COVID was mm. the number one cause of disability worldwide. Um, shocker. It's still the number one cause yeah. of disability. Yeah. Things haven't changed. Um, and, you know, some estimates are um, pre-COVID that, the total loss in productivity by 2030 uh, globally will be $30 trillion, um, which is ridiculous. Um, Mm. So it really signifies that there's a silent pandemic. And and there are so many cultures, cultures that the three of us grew up in, cultures, the subcultures that we're also a part of, um, where mental illness is such a stigma. Mm. And this idea of mental wellness is important. Um, Mm. But for us, it's not just about like human optimization. It's about giving everyone an equal playing field. And that's actually where the word Masawa comes from. It's from the Arabic, Al Musawa. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, yeah. How, what's the connection with the Arabic? Uh...
2: So, um, so not only is it um, uh, Al Musawa in, in Arabic, also in Bantu languages in East and Southern Africa, Sawa Sawa means same, same. So, ah. Masawa ah. Is, is about that, being able to be the same. Um, And I um, am fortunate to speak some Arabic uh, languages, such dialects. Um, And so that was something important for me and and my story. Ah,
0: Perfect.
1: And I'm curious, Joshua, how did you get into setting up this impact Mm. fund? Because it sounds Mm. like it's something you're passionate about. You know, we've had, you know, for the people listening, we've had many conversations already and uh, to get to know you. And it's clear that, you know, it's something that you not just a passion about, but you are actually bringing in some tangible changes with this. And it hopefully, you know, as it grows, things are going to change because as you say, even pre-COVID, we we know there was a a problem and I guess that more of a light's been shined on it, but correct me if I'm wrong, it hasn't really shifted so much because one thing is awareness, right? But the second part of that is actual action to be able to change what we're all noticing that needs to be changed now.
2: Yeah because the rates of depression, anxiety, loneliness, etc. are so much increased in every country around the world. Mm. And so if we're not dealing with it ourselves, um, some form of mental strife, Mm. we are caring for someone or we love someone who is. Um, So that um, kind of parallels my my own personal story. I was uh, very fortunate um, to have been um, born in the United States, um, to have been born male, to have been born white, And even though I was born and raised by a single mother on welfare, um, a mother who was most of her life depressed and had issues with alcoholism, I was lucky to be able to get out of that catch-22 because I was good in school and won a scholarship uh, to come to Germany and that kind of changed my life. And so I I had a a very interesting and fascinating career or sets of careers. Um, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Morocco working with cyber cafes and women weavers but really, I was just drinking a lot of tea <laughs> um, uh, and really learning about myself and the world and also living amongst people who others would conser- uh, consider poor and, and, and poverty, which isn't, isn't the case. Money is, is just a value mm-hmm. um, uh, and was also fortunate to be a software designer, um, a consultant, uh, worked in data analytics I was a diplomat in the Obama administration, working in developing countries on the issues of technology and innovation and human rights. Um, And, you know, one could say I had a perfect life. Um, I was married to a wonderful man um, with whom I'm now, we've been together now 18 years and we had two beautiful children. Um, But when we moved from Stockholm to Berlin, uh, I crashed and burned because I had never really looked inside and dealt with my own issues stemming from childhood, from, for example, having gone to six high schools in three years, or having pretty much had to figure out a way um, to, to, to get by um, uh, from an early age. And I never really looked at how that caused me to do so many things. Mm. Um, I escaped a lot. I Every time the situations got really bad, I, I did what I knew. I went, you know, either removed houses when we were young because we couldn't pay the rent, or I left and went to a new country and learned a new language and assimilated into a new culture. Uh, but I didn't ever really take that time that I needed to, to deal with myself. And so after crashing and burning, I was fortunate to, to find nutrition, uh, to find mindfulness, uh, natural medicine, and and really opened my eyes to the multiplicity of holistic mental wellness. At the same time, because I had worked in, in, in finance um, areas in Africa and um, uh, new innovation and worked in the social enterprises uh, incubators in in Cambodia. I was curious about who was funding these new innovations that were happening in mental wellness um, and who, and and what was happening and found that there were no Mm. impact funds, funds that really cared equally about maximizing that social uh, impact as well as maximizing the financial uh, aspects. And so decided, well, let's do it. Um, You know, I've, had a crazy life so far let's let's continue <laughs> uh, and so uh, then started Masawa some some months ago and it's been an amazing journey just over the past number of months.
0: Mm. Wow well.
1: and I'm glad that you did because it it seems like it's something that's sorely been missing mm. for decades
2: yeah right sure. Yeah, and it's not to say that there aren't other, for example, funds that that don't focus on on founders' and mental well-being. There are some great funds, but there's mm. just so few. Mm. There are there are amazing impact funds that exist that are really doing good work. But that intersection of mental wellness and impact funds just didn't exist until you know we've we've, we've come along. And so um, it's it's a, a tremendous learning experience um, for us and the entire team, and that's part of the fun. Um, mm. You know, we we didn't come up. Most of us didn't come up through the traditional routes of going to business school and then working at an investment bank and then working for another fund and then this. Um, So we're not technically path dependent, Mm. Um, and that allows us to be a lot more flexible. Yes, we're 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 having to be more vulnerable about what we don't know and find help when we do, Uh, or we when we don't figure out uh, what we need to do. But we can also be a bit more innovative, and so maybe that's one of the things that allowed for this like this ability to bring impact, organizational health, and mental wellness together uh, under one.
0: One entity. Hmm. It's it's a sentence that um, that is just spinning in my head right now. As as you were talking, it's when people feel well, yeah. they do well. Yeah. Yeah. And. Certainly and it's you know it's it's true for all of us uh, it's when i don't feel well i'll uh, my my prime prim, prime focus is to feel well and sure. then uh, and then i'm i'm self-centered i you know coming back to i wouldn't say similar background to yours but coming from not having being a refugee mm-hmm. and all of that my my mind in that moment, is just hoard, gather, yes. not yes. you know, just me, me, sure. me, survival instinct, which I don't like. But now I'm aware of it, and and just really looking into what you said, looking into yourself, looking inside, and healing, understanding really why why do you behave, and how can you um, transform yeah. that.
2: Absolutely, you know, at, at, when I was just beginning this Masawa journey, I really kicked myself um, for not seeing the so many missed opportunities I had had. You know, mm-hmm. I had been um, uh, in rooms and working with uh, with heads of states and ministers and heads of big NGOs and small NGOs and in all types of areas and women's rights and, and minority rights and um, uh, economics and what, various different aspects. But I had never, ever once thought about, are these people okay? How are they feeling inside? Mm. What is really driving them um, to um, either induce the conflicts that are coming out, or that is really holding them back from from seeing the shared humanity and the fact that you can have oil producing companies and uh, tree hugging um, entities in the same room actually working together if they're able to get over themselves first. Um, mm. And just really was surprised, or, or maybe it just rang. Like a bell, that a lot of the underlying issues of the existential problems in the world, poverty, climate change, um, inequality, injustice, is fundamentally because we're not okay with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not okay, so we need to consume more. We're not okay, so we need to have more money. We're not okay because, because, because. Like, holy shit, like, this is, there's something else Mm -hmm. here that we need to be able to look more systematically. And I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm not the first person who's ever come up with this. You know, there's amazing number of groups and entities and and, and networks that also feel similarly and lots of Venn diagram overlapping, including with, with you guys. And so there's something afoot. There's something mm. happening, mm. Um, which is, is really exciting.
1: Mm. You know, when you shared your story, so thank you, it's great to hear that you somehow naturally put the handbrake on and then it occurred to you by getting reflective that, hold on a minute, I mean, I can resonate with that. I ch- I changed, you know, jobs, moved countries because I was running away from some painful feelings and thoughts. And, and it wasn't until maybe 10 years later that I too was like, okay, what's all that about? You know, and I got curious about it. And so I think, that, you know, what occurred to you to set this up? It's wonderful work because, I mean, you know, we're in the same game of trying to impact and help people as well, but it, it just... There's a lot of surface level about mental health and wellness, right? And it's great that it's now in the focus, it's in the mainstream. But I wanted to ask you, what do you see as tangible actions? What can people really start to do as a call to action now? So if if there's companies or organizations listening to this and they're like, well, we'd like to do more but we're just mm. not sure, mm. what, what would you say to them? What would be the first sure. steps to get curious about really impacting sure. the people that employees, the people that are in the duty sure. of their care?
2: Absolutely, thanks for that question. Um, because for most of us, the thing we most think about is where we spend the most time and that's work. Mm. Uh, and because it's comprised of humans, it naturally has its own mental health as an organization. It's crazy as that may seem. Uh, and so I think just that simple realization that, wait, this company has a mental health and it is um, in part steered by, yes, leadership, but also the, the culture is super crucial to, 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 to acknowledge. Um, I think beginning and having those conversations, the best thing I feel like leaders of organizations can start doing is, is simply being okay with being vulnerable, mm-hmm. with being able to say, I don't know everything. Uh, I think this is right, but this is where I am, and this is where I think we should be. But I don't know. Mm.
1: You know what you've just said? uh, It's. I mean, I'm not surprised because we're we're looking in this direction. But we was it Monday or Tuesday? We we did a live with um, a wonderful lady called Vivian, and uh, she's been pushing diversity and stuff like that. And we often talk about vulnerability with the clients. You know, when we do leadership training and all the like, but. It's funny that we, we were talking about it quite often nowadays, and it's mm-hmm. exactly that. You have to go there to be able to help people, right? So mm-hmm. I think the more conversations we have about vulnerability isn't really a weakness, is it? It's no. just a simple misunderstanding mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. To, to really just show your humanity to another individual
2: sure.
1: and to do that in the context of a work, it might sound to the people listening like that's a tough gig. You know, yeah. how can I warts and all show all of the things that make me but I would hazard a guess that that's where your power is that if you come in and you uniquely show who you are as a leader Mm -hmm. more people are probably going to copy your actions and feel safe enough to be themselves as well right
2: Mm -hmm. absolutely you don't have that additional incriminations in your head thing Oh, should I, I can't do this. I can't worry about that. I have to go to my therapist or that my kid needs this. Or, mm. you know, you see in a number of work cultures, you can't, you don't ever talk about your, your, your home life or you don't bring your full self to work. You're mm. a robot, um, unfortunately. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it, it's caustic and it really leads to, to, to long-term damage mm. um, by not being able to be who you are and embracing that. And being okay with having a couple of bad days or weeks. hell, or I've had some bad years. Um, Me too. <laughs> a lot of us have. Uh, and that's that's completely okay. I think it's important for the journey and for, for growing. Mm. Um, yeah, And I think especially now, you brought up a, an important topic that we or I have wrestled with my entire life is around diversity. Mm. And vulnerability and diversity, especially now. Um, and I'm just now beginning to really understand the privilege that I did have as a white male. I present as, 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 as straight, although I am gay. Um, but um, what does that uh, mean um, for what I've been able to do? Some of the interesting things I've been able to, to put together or just, just dream of and, and actually make happen. Um, wow. Uh, and me being vulnerable and saying that it might be because I was actually white male, not just because I'm, I am who I am. Uh, and, and that's okay, too. Um, because I think you know the the privileges that we do have, all of us have some privileges to some extent. you know we need to use them and, and direct mm-hmm. them um, and use that. It's like a golden ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how can we I channel that energy for good? That's mm-hmm. a
1: really mm-hmm. cool thing you've just said there and really impactful because, yeah, I can resonate with that. I've felt guilty through my upbringing because unlike Mira, I grew up in the u k in a very sheltered, safe environment. My family weren't super rich, but they gave me everything I needed. And then I felt guilty in certain contexts because I traveled a lot and you know lived in other people's countries because I felt like I was in a privileged position. So why would I shine my light? But the question is, why would you not? And especially if your heart's in the right place that, you know, if you're in the business of like we are and impacting and helping people and, you know, driving transformation, then you should use all of your resources and be proud of that. Because sure. if you don't have it and you come from a background where there's you haven't got that to leverage from, then mm. isn't it just a waste?
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel this this diversity can be seen along three different lines, three different variables. First is how society sees you or mm-hmm. perceived you. Second is, are the things, the experiences you've had that you didn't choose, like the mm-hmm. socioeconomic um, g- g- um, area you grew up, your sexual orientation, your gender identity, or the things you did choose, mm-hmm. where you've worked, the adventures you had, the adventures you haven't. And so those diversity of experiences are so crucial to be able to bring to the table, um, and not um, shy away from uh, mm. because we also have to be careful that we're not getting into uh, a box ticking game.
0: Mm. Um,
2: and because each one of us has, uh, can have such uh, uh, an important set of experiences to bring to the table. And When we talk with a lot of companies around, the products and services that they're de- developing you know really looking at is there a mismatch between their diversity of experience and the 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 beneficiaries the ultimate beneficiaries mm. diversity of experience and if there is then that's something we can help with um in mm. terms of our you know uh, value add uh, to these investments so it's 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 just so important just to be vulnerable about that and, mm-hmm. and, and saying that there is a diversity of experience that we bring that is, is very much sought after. You know, if you look at my the board, uh, the Masao Advisory Board, um, we are nine women and one man. Um, and so you could easily say, oh, you're just being a, a, a contrarian, mm-hmm. uh, having nine <laughs> women and one man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of it is a, a little middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also, if you look at the range of experiences these people have, have it's because we identified holes where we needed help. And these are the best people that we knew and, and found to be able to fill those holes. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, sorry
1: to interrupt, but that, that's a really valuable point because I've spoken to a lot of leaders of late who feel really uncomfortable. And I've seen multinationals making some Innocent mistakes where, you know, Black Lives Matter and then next week they put a person of color into their lead compliance role, stuff like that, innocently. But it's kind of like, well, why? And exactly what you were saying, you can put whoever you want in the roles as long as they're the right people for the right job. And if it means it's a fully, you know, all women board, so be it, because if they're the best people to do the role... And we've had some heat because we were asked about a panel once when we, and it was a bit uncomfortable because they were saying, um, you know, why did you not have a person of color? And my honest answer back was, well, thank you for reaching out. You know, I value, you know, your feedback, but it's just because we know these people and I know that they are well-versed in what they did. However, if you're telling me that you can bring that same skill set to the table, let's have a meaningful conversation. Yeah, because I see a, mis- a mismatch in the public eye right now that sure. people are being uncomfortable, having uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. And rightly so, because there's some stuff that in the Western world we need to resolve, right, about Absolutely. race and diversity and stuff like that. But that aside, it doesn't mean you have to blindly knee jerk and react in yeah. the way that some yeah. people have, right?
2: Mm. You have to be very, very careful and also being vulnerable about that and having those honest con- yeah. conversations mm, yeah. mm. and not being afraid of cancel culture. Mm. Um, um, but being you know this is this is this is who i am and making every intention possible to ensure that a diversity of experience is present
0: yeah somebody Um, sorry somebody said uh, um, uh, just just earlier somebody we spoke to said if you have two people in the same room you have diversity you just need to allow them to be who they are yeah, yeah technically yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely technically
2: Mm. and and but but you see when you have averages of groups for example unfortunately a lot of the finance world has been heretofore um um governed Mm. by a certain pedigree not just the color or the gender but also where socioeconomically these people Mm. come from Mm. um and that's um that's it is, mm. <laughs> I don't want to say it is what it is because that drives me it's crazy, but it's very, very mm. important. Yeah, and so it's important to see that it's not, yes, yes, they're all white and almost all male, uh, almost all white, uh, but they're also almost of 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 various uh, financial needs mm. um, growing up. And, and then that kind of set them up for what they thought was possible. Mm. Um, or they, they knew the ins and outs, they spoke the language already. They didn't have to learn the language of yeah. uh, somebody yeah. else. Yeah, they live um, and
1: breathe that. They were primed for exactly. that from day one.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, we're trying to find those people who are multilingual, and not mm-hmm. just in human languages, but also experiential, mm-hmm. quote-unquote languages, is so so crucial.
0: It, it just got it just gets me back to thinking about, you know, before when, when you were applying for a job and if you had too many different jobs on your CV, and I I think still a lot in some companies they go, Oh, you know, you were changing a lot, you're not stable, uh, you were not sticking with one company. So it was seen as a negative. But actually from, you know, from our conversation now and from personal experience with people, people that had various different experiences are more likely to know what you really need. and, And yeah. yeah Yeah. they've
2: seen more they've seen more good they've seen more bad they Mm. can have a better um yeah um that zigzag career that career isn't linear anymore and for some people let's be honest it is some people they are very comfortable with getting the degrees in x and then performing x their Mm. entire life retiring Mm. and having great we need those people yeah Um, they need surgeons (laughs) that everyone has to do that is, do not put me in a box. Do not put anybody in a box that they don't want to be in. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: talking about the box ticking, this is the thing that we really need to shine a light on in terms of well-being and mental health. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's, if I'm honest, in my career, because I went all over the place. I'm a professional musician. I was a DJ mm-hmm. in parallel, you know, doing gigs and then going into the corporate world full-time during the week. And that was always seen as a bit of a stigma or... If I'm honest, when I think about because I wasn't comfortable being me, mm-hmm. I was probably bringing that in as well, you know? Sure, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because you, it's also this idea that you're working 40 plus hours a week on one thing. You know, mm-hmm. we have, like, my you know, um, goal is that eventually at Masawa, none of us are working more than 80% of the time. We need to have, on Masawa, we need to have other life passions mm-hmm. in parallel because we are multi-variable entities. Uh, and we need to be able to be DJs, or you know, if it's me learning languages or whatever um, it, it is, like that's that's super crucial because mm. uh, it also keeps you grounded and it doesn't it leads to not burning out so fast, especially in a lot of these high high pressure you know, in the startup world. The mm. pressures are immense, and just that that, that are, are on these individuals trying to, at least in our sector, really trying to make an impact. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a good point you made know, because you have to bring in other aspects of your life. I mean, as much as you might be passionate about one thing, we learned this the hard way from our business as well. That We threw 100% at it for a long period and we were completely drained. And it wasn't because we lost sight or we weren't passionate. It's just that we didn't concentrate what nourishes us individually. Mm. Um, and you have to recharge your batteries, right? So it's good that you say that because organizations need to accept that if they want true diversity, they need to bring in everyone except Warts and all, what they're doing outside of work as well. It's not that you have to talk about it 24-7. But what I noticed in organizations, when they got creative and they did stuff that wasn't linked to the metrics, guess what happened? Yeah. Like Pe- people magic. become more productive. But yeah. I still see there's a – it makes it makes the powers to be uncomfortable because they're, mm-hmm. they're just not – they're just lacking that awareness and uh, like or not there isn't enough metrics that proves the point that it works right because mm. when you talk about innovation and creativity people think about products and stuff like that sure,
2: sure, but when
1: you sure throw much. that in the mix and say let's put the brakes on let's not concentrate on the production part of our job let's mm. spend a couple of days out of the business and get mm. creative but for the sheer, sheer sake of having fun A lot of organizations are still a little bit uncomfortable with that, even though it does amazing things for the person's mental health and well-being.
0: Not just organizations. I think, you know...
1: Yeah, even individuals.
0: I think what I said just earlier, you know, if people feel well, they do well. Uh, You're not feeling well. You're stressed out. You think that your stress comes from... uh, You know, the fact that you still haven't finished your job or didn't make that decision or, you know. And then you think that by working more, you're going to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. But what you do, Mm -hmm. you're just accumulating and compounding. So it's really, again, going back to reflect and what is really going on. Know yourself and, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you see the studies are starting to bear out. There are companies that are in, implementing four-day work weeks and they're seeing look, productivity rise. If you look at um, cultural approaches to working in the U.S., mm. my country of nationality and where I've worked a lot, um, it's much different than um, Sweden, where I also was fortunate to work. In Sweden, if I if my kid had a doctor's appointment and I or I needed or I, there was a meeting at the preschool, I could leave at three o'clock, and nobody batted an eye. It was completely accepted. And some companies I worked in the U.S., I had to take you know time off. I had to do this, and I just I like, felt guilty, mm-hmm. right? And 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 if you look, you know, those are phenomenally different cultures. And if you look at their productivity, their happiness index, yada yada yada, they're also different. And, and yeah. so there's something to that. No, um, mm-hmm. yeah. no, you're right.
1: It's tangible, and there are studies and certain countries we can look to be. You know, no no one one country is perfect, but there are torchbearers for sure. I was yeah. going to ask you about your funds. So when you look to find potential people you could actually impact and you know use the funds for good do you have that meaningful conversation about the work life balance because that i guess that should be one of the prerequisites right
2: sure sure so the way we look at it there we have kind of a two tier or two section due diligence process assessing if these investments make sense for us yes on the financial side and then yes on the impact side but underlying all of that is the organizational health side the founders well-being and then also their ability to create a a resilient organization and in that we really unpack what is that what is success for them what is their work-life balance Mm. what is their burnout path so they're cognizant if i'm doing this for six months at 80 hours a week you know there's the there's a higher chance i'm gonna burn out than if i'm not Mm. you know so we we don't just talk about financial uh and and cash runways we talk about burnout runways because Mm. Uh, we know startup founders have uh, 2X, uh, twice as much, 2X, it's a very fundy way of saying <laughs> twice as much <laughs> twice as much um, uh, the, the depression mm-hmm. uh, because it's very lonely. Uh, and you know, this is something I have to, this medicine, I have to take myself because I am a founder of mm-hmm. a startup. It happens mm-hmm. to be a fund, but it's also a startup yeah. for all practical pr- purposes. And so by me also being very open with the team and with others, my poor husband. Uh, about <laughs> some of the the issues and the things that go through my head, I'm able to listen to myself and say, "Oh, this is what this is really really about." And this isn't the first company I've, I've founded, and so I've had experience in in. in but that doesn't still absolve me from going yeah. to myself in this case. Yeah,
0: me. it's it's not one of these things that oh I solved it now, I figured <laughs> it out, and that's me for the end of the life. Yeah. It's really something to check in and check in yeah. and always yeah. be open to that. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh case in point, right now
2: we're it's almost the end of the month, August 2020. Uh we're closing a financing round in a couple of days, and I'm supposed to be pulling my hair out. I'm supposed to be going crazy on the phone, seven phones with investors, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not how it needs to be. I can be, yes, working and doing what I need to do to get things done, but I need to feel where I am really in the moment and appreciate and and, and realize that my next milestone isn't August 31st. My next milestone is the next second. Mm. Um, because September 1st is going to happen, whether I like it or not, and we're going to deal with it whenever September 1st uh, happens. Um, And so by really being able to use all the energies, uh, maybe talking a little boo-boo here, uh, Mm -hmm. the energies and really feeling with my entire body and not just feeling with my head, which I have most of my life done, just Mm felt with my head, not my heart.
1: Yeah. Just to be able to reflect and be in the moment and not yeah, the counterintuitive normal way that most of us are, and we have been in the past as well, until you check in with yourself, right? So it's great to hear that you're living that as well and bringing that into, you know, the business itself because you you are a torchbearer in terms of the leadership you bring not only to your team but when you're you know bringing this an impact in other companies that hopefully will benefit from you know these
2: funds. So. Mm, yeah. Yep. So it's a it's an amazing ride, and I I really think. Um, Yeah, you know, if if, if I didn't believe we, we weren't we we weren't on, onto something, then I, I shouldn't be. I mean, I I need to believe that we are onto something because I'm the founder and I'm supposed to say it. But I truly uh, believe that this um, uh, will help to at least normalize this idea that you can focus on organizational health and impact and mm. founders' well-being in the same breath. As the financial outcome, mm. you know, and for those people who are interested in starting companies and you know are worried about the hustle and the and the grind and the the equity and soul that you have to give up, there's it doesn't have to be like that. It isn't just a a, a copy and paste play out of you know sitcom TVs you've seen on uh, sitcom shows you've seen on TV.
0: Mm. Yeah, Berlin is being quite. Uh... Uh, uh, noisy these days. The typical
1: right? ambulances going past, because we, we still, for people listening, we actually live in the same neighborhood now.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: we do. I'm actually yeah. waving to them, but they're
1: not.
0: <laughs> because they're looking rude. at the screen, they're not <laughs> looking through the window. No, but yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. We, uh, uh, we live, uh, Berlin is, um, is a city of expats, isn't it? yeah for a lot um, i think
2: it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a bifurcated city those who have were born here and those who came here like yeah. most cities
0: yeah yeah but but it's it's a quite big uh, um, international, international yeah. community here i mean Certainly. i wouldn't say community i don't think there no. is i think we're all really mixed in so there is no separation which is which is one of the things i really love about it yeah
2: absolutely yeah we're lucky to be here also i think being in a berlin in a startup city there's lots of startups there's lots of, of support for startups mm. but in the year Euro- in europe what i find compared to the u.s is that this the, the focus and the reasoning for doing startups is also a bit different
0: mm.
2: sure some want to get rich really fast mm. then let them Mm. But also, I think there's a bit more intentionality just because of the structure.
0: Mm. you know. In,
2: um, here in Europe, I feel you have to have your product really well defined and tested before you can go, mm. whereas in the US, you can just throw lots of money at advice. It's <laughs> yeah. you know, a whole super uh, oversimplification. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because of the homogeneity, at least the English-speaking homogeneity in the US and how big it is, in, the, in Europe, you can't do that. You have to yeah. know what you're doing a bit better.
1: Yeah, that's you're right. right. There's a lot more rigor here. I've noticed that. And again, yeah. I'm no expert, but we, we do check in with a lot of, a lot, lots of our friends are co-founders and the like. Sure. What I was going to say as well, so if people are really interested and, you know, it's resonated with them in our conversation, what would you say to someone that's in startup mode, but they haven't really, you know, they might be reflective, but they haven't really even had chance to think about the whole mental health piece and the wellbeing piece. Mm-hmm. What, what would, what yeah. makes sense to, what, what would be their starting point?
2: Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is just do a quick visualization exercise. In five years, not just where are you in your company, where are you in yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, how are you okay with yourself? Are you able to love yourself? Um, are you have uh, even positive, fruitful relationships with people who aren't necessarily your best friends? Um, and kind of working backwards and how, how do you get there? Because um, even if you are starting up now, you still have to think about... Um, Human resource policies, concepts, how, you know, the environment that you want to craft um, now when there's only one or two of you Mm and what's your diversity policy going to be? Not just because you hire a diverse group of people, but because you want to bring those voices in as you're crafting your products and services, Mm -hmm. um, for example. And so also looking at your impact. there are very few companies that we we look at who have really been able to take a hard look at impact and model it out to the same extent that they model their financial mm, aspects. Mm. But what is your theory of change? Um, why do you specifically feel based by evidence, not just because you have a gut feeling, but evidence either research or that you've done or others have done, do you feel that your activities and products and services will eventually lead to the intended outcomes that you're searching for? Mm-hmm. And unpack all of the assumptions that's in that causal set of links. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can also steer your business not just towards the revenue and, and fundraising and getting money, but also towards maximizing your social impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mm. those don't have to be and often aren't at odds with each other. Mm.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it's not second nature for a lot of um, startups, right? And, and innocently in many cases, but sure. do you see that in your work now that that's becoming more commonplace? Or is sure. there still a lot of groundwork that needs to be done, find foundational pieces that sure, sure. need to be done?
2: I think because of the nature of mental wellness and mental health, people want to do it because they feel their products can bring additionality. Um, but just because you have a meditation app in your pocket doesn't mean that you're more mentally well. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of this, of the discussions, Um, uh, not necessarily for early stage, very early stage um, assessments that we're working on. um, But really trying to say is, okay, how do you get people, if, if your product is so amazing, how do you get people to also engage and to continue and to stay on and, be held accountable, not just from themselves, but their communities, um, from others. Mm Um, so yeah, we see a lot of tech platforms, digital therapy. Um, but what we really, I feel is missing is a lot of support or innovations around community, getting people together more, um, Mm -hmm. around, um, um, root causes. Really looking at parenting and and, and children. So, you know, fifty percent of mental illness occurs before you're fifteen, mm. uh, and so and that has mostly to do with your parents and because your parents aren't okay. And some we always, we all of us have uh, parent stories, parent issues. Uh, um, and so, you know, those innovations I think are really interesting and exciting. There's also a huge range of using the media, entertainment, um, uh, our intention, the intention economy. To channeling it for increased access to mental wellness, and so we hope that we can put place some seeds here and there, uh, and that eventually we'll be able to um, to shepherd those endeavors along as they increase people's access to mental wellness.
0: Yeah, you have a better overview just because you're doing it right now, and you're probably doing lots of research <laughs> yourself. So yeah, but it yeah. was it was really interesting. Is that you said you know. You really need to start looking at that from a very beginning. Yeah. And and this five-year plan, because people talk about this, oh, what's your five-year goal? And I sometimes, you know, sometimes my hair just goes up. (laughs) It's... It's not about what you want to do. It's not about what you want to have. It, it's about you personally, mm-hmm. where you want to be in five years. You know, you can do all sorts of stuff in the next five years. Nobody knows. Nobody Sorry. knows what will happen Whether we have another crisis and you'll have to do whatever. Sorry. But staying you, staying congruent uh, with yourself and maybe learning and, and get better, uh, it's something that we... <laughs> We miss when we do these five-year plans, and uh, uh, and also I think lots of people think about, you know, I, I just need to figure this stuff out. You know, I've got lots of financial stuff to do, and I'm very busy, and la, la 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 la. So I don't have time to do these, you know, basic stuff, and 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 take time and look at my, who am I, and. Um, uh, you know, how can I improve and all of that? I'll do that when. Exactly. I'll, and yeah. I think that's the biggest problem. That's something that we were talking about quite recently. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's it's one of the things that's often overlooked. I mean, to be fair, not so much in the younger generation because they seem yeah. to be a little bit more switched on, let's be honest, yeah. more than we were yeah. back in the day, right? But yeah. yeah, it's it's this, yeah, I'll deal with that later because that's kind of like soft. Mm, But I would argue that that's the most important bit Mm because this is what we do. When we work with leaders, the first thing we do, which is foundational, is work Mm. on what we call grounding. Mm. We have to get them to ask themselves some tough questions and get reflectful before they can, you know, because we all get excited, and and I've been guilty of it before, where i have like, I want to go and change the world. But at the time when I was giving myself that call to action, I didn't have the right foundation to do it from, you know. So it's good for people listening that, you kind of need to work on that as much as I know it's, it kind of is annoying because it, it does take some courage. It takes time, but guess what? If you don't fix it, then you'll pay for it later, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think
2: that's so crucial. And some of the points you said there made me think about the root causes for this. Why mm-hmm. is it that our generation, um, you know, on the, what are we, gen X millennial? Cusp, <laughs> yeah. um, um, why is it that we feel that there's, you know we're always looking towards that next milestone um, mm. is it because we're used to it's working in two week agile sprints or um that's one potential cause or other aspects of oh, we just can get there if we just can get there um mm. but but you know as the younger generation it's much more fluid it's like let's figure this out we have the gold vision we have the the north star and you know we're making a lot of decisions based on that and so mm-hmm. that's something i work on every day is decide when i get um hes- hesitant about doing something um because i i think to myself oh this person isn't going to do this or that whatever it is i think was well, going to get me to helping two billion people in 10 years that's our our, our north story misawa um and if it if it if it is going to help me to get there then i just i gotta do it i gotta mm. get over this this idea um that i i can't mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. i'm curious so out of the start of founders, I know because generally they are a bit younger. You know, people could roll out of uni or, you know, it doesn't have to be. We talked about this pathway, right? But are you finding that generally the younger co-founders are easily more open to talking about mental health and the like, is it a generational thing? Because I've seen it both ways. I've heard the yeah. arguments for and against. I think it's just very individual. I've met people sure. who are long in the tooth who are co-founders, you know, in the late 50s and they're super switched on and they're very much happy to talk about mental health and talk about the stories. And I've met kids, dare I say, who are very uncomfortable about being uncomfortable. I mean, what's no. your being? Sorry, what's your experience of that?
2: Yeah, I, I feel that because we're in the subset of founders working on founders, uh, and even investors to the greatest extent with it have, have their own stories or experiences with mental illness, either personally or their their loved ones, um, that it's a bit easier to talk about um, mental illness and and even the the measuring it, uh, the impact that, that 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 it could possibly have. Um, so I think that's l- lucky for us. It's good that we're focused on impact and organizational health mm. and founders' well-being in a subsector of investing, which is focused around mental wellness.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, so we're biased. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the it's that circle of, of of people you talk to, and it looks like the whole world is like that, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. but <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> true. And we have to realize that we we it's not like that.
2: It's um, not, yeah,
1: no. yeah, there's definitely a lot of work to do, and, and on that on that note. If people want to know more or they do have some really great ideas that they want to develop and that's maybe good. come to you for guidance and support, wh- where's the best place to reach Or invest. To? Or even invest. Yeah? yeah, that's a good question.
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't take investment. In... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, did, did that just make <laughs> yeah, 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 We're fine. We don't, yeah. right, we'll just do it. No, no. No, we, we were very um, keen to partnering with people who have or need uh, financial vehicles to impact the the masses. Um, The best way is really through our websites. There's um, kind of, um, we have a form there at masawa.fund, M-A-S-A-W-A dot F-U-N-D. Follow us on Instagram, of course, and LinkedIn and Twitter and um, not TikTok. We had to take that one down. Just kidding. We never had a TikTok.
1: (laughs) Um, but we might, we'll see what happens in the future. Well, talking about TikTok, we're actually meeting someone who's Berlin-based. So I might be able to give you, because I, I was a bit skeptical. We have one, but we didn't oh. use it. And I, when I looked at it, if I'm honest, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I'll, I'll, where we fit into that whole <laughs> ecosystem.
2: No, it is powerful. No, it can yeah. be powerful if you also look at the demographics. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, and that's, we know, um, our demographics, a part of our community is is looking at that specific demographics, mainly because Gen Z is the loneliest generation but hopefully the first generation ever to fully be okay with integrating mental wellness into their overall wellness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we're just not at the point where I want to show myself um, dancing. i do it. (laughs) Maybe that's our next strategy session. Yeah, maybe that's that's the next thing, right? (laughs) Get vulnerable. Yeah, get
1: comfortable with, you know, get comfortable with your dance moves. What I want to ask you as well is, sorry, were you going to? no, uh, no, no. Is there any part in wisdom, uh, anything that just makes sense to share with people listening?
2: Yeah, I feel this whole thing, not just life, but figuring out ourselves and getting to the point where we're okay with ourselves is such a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and however we do it, whatever modality, whatever um, multiple activities that we do to, to get there, um, just by being okay with yourself and, and realizing and not beating yourself up if you didn't meditate or if your breath work wasn't good, or, or if whatever it is, that you're okay, um, you're going to be okay and you know, seek out and make sure you have that rich group of people who care for you unconditionally around to support you when you fall down and when you get up. Um,
0: hmm. that's, beautiful. that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua, too, for being our guest today and for this wonderful conversation.
2: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. And also thank you, Mira, for your work and, and Peter, your work as well, uh, important as we work together um, to bring this out, at least mental illness, out of the shadows and realize that we together can, can help humanity a lot more than we think we can.
0: Eh, exactly.
2: Definitely. Exactly. Uh, thank you.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mind Takeaway podcast. If you haven't already, please support us by pressing the subscribe button. Leave us a review and share it with your friends and your wider network. Thanks again for listening.